Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all God's benefits. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. God is great. God is good. Let us thank God for our food. Amen. Such familiar scripture verses and prayers embody the gratitude attitude. Harvest Sunday embraces gratitude. It seems so obvious that a preacher would talk about faith, life, and prayer and the need for gratitude. Yet, the harsh reality is that we live in a world where gratitude is often in short supply. And even harsher still is the reality that while we think we know about the need for gratitude and we think of ourselves as grateful people, there isn't any one of us who couldn't at times be at least a bit more grateful. And I admit, there are times when I could definitely be more grateful. Knowing our need for prayer and gratitude is not the same as practicing it day in and day out, moment by moment. Our world is is filled with distraction, different voices vying for our attention. And those forces are trying to convince us that we need something more. There's hardly a day goes by where we aren't bombarded by television, radio, newspaper, internet, or telemarketers telling us to try this or that new and improved product. And sadly, sadly, we can get sucked in. Oh, not buying, not into buying everything that comes along. But we, we get sucked into the desire to want more and better things. And since we can't have everything and can't always have the more we want, it's very easy to gripe about what we don't have. I hear people gripe about not having enough money. And I hear people gripe about not having enough of this or that. I hear people complain about not being in good enough health or not having meaning in their relationships. I hear people complain because they don't have everything they think they want. And when I listen very, very carefully, I hear myself griping about some of those same things. I recently revisited the book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, by Dr. Richard Carlson, and he shares this insight. It seems that whatever we do, buy a home or a car, eat a meal, find a partner, purchase some new clothes, it's never enough. The trick in overcoming this insidious tendency is to convince yourself that more isn't better and that the problem doesn't lie in what you don't have, but in the longing for more. As thoughts of what would make your life better into your mind, gently remind yourself, he continues, that even if you got what you think you want, you wouldn't be one bit more satisfied because the mindset that wants more now would want more then. Develop a new appreciation for the blessings you already have. So, you can, you can focus on what you don't have, or you can be grateful for what you do have. Gripe or gratitude. The attitude choice is yours. It is indeed good to give thanks to the Lord. For thanksgiving 
is the other side of the coin of faith. You can't have one without the other. Show me a person without gratitude, and I'll show you a person short on faith. There are many attitudes we choose in life, but the best, at the center of all relationships, is the gratitude attitude. Let's look at the familiar story of the feeding of the multitude from Matthew, which which Michael read for us. So often, when this passage is preached on, the focus is on the miracle of the seven loaves and a few fish being multiplied to feed thousands and thousands of people. But this morning, I want to focus on, on one verse, verse 36. For while Jesus could have griped about the fact that All they had was seven measly loaves of bread and a few fish for all those people. He didn't do that at all. He just did what he did at the Last Supper. He took the elements, in this case, loaves and fish. And after giving thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. He took what he had and he gave thanks. The gratitude attitude. Gaining a proper faith focus is to focus on thanks. We do not focus on what we do not have, but are grateful for what we do have. And that was true for the pilgrims. The difference is that we live in a time and place of overabundance. We lack the anxiety and thus the sense of relief, joy, and gratitude that our pilgrim ancestors felt when they were assured They would not starve during the long frozen months ahead. And remember, that's exactly what happened. Not one single pilgrim died on the voyage of the Mayflower, but about half their number died that first bitter winter. That's why a plentiful harvest the following year meant so much to them. Whereas we pretty much take the grocery store for granted. And we're prone to be disappointed if one thing we go to the store for is out of stock. Just remember the panic people felt a little over a year ago when the shelves were empty of toilet paper, certain canned goods, and bottled water. And consider the anxiety people are feeling because of the current supply shortage due to what's going on with the container ships and the lack of truckers. Governor Bradford of Massachusetts made the first Thanksgiving proclamation three years after the pilgrims settled at Plymouth. I'd like to share it with you now. Inasmuch as the great father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, beans, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forest to abound with game and the sea with fish and clams, and inasmuch as he has protected us, has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience, now I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims with your wives and ye little ones do gather at ye meeting house on ye hill between the hours of 9 and 12 in the daytime on Thursday, November 29th, in the year of our Lord, 1,623, and the third year since ye pilgrims landed on ye Plymouth Rock, and there to listen to ye pastor and render thanksgiving to ye almighty God for all his blessings. I can't make a proclamation like Governor Bradford's on that earliest of thanksgivings, but I can proclaim the love of God for all people 
and charge you in the deepest way I know to give complete and total thanks to God from the bottom of your hearts. And while it is good that we should set aside a day each year for Thanksgiving, it would be much better if we gave heartfelt thanks every day. Quite frankly, Thanksgiving now gets cluttered with football and how to fix what foods in just the right way. If you neglect the gratitude attitude, as as I sometimes do, let me suggest you begin each day by giving thanks to God for the temporal gifts you have received from God, such as, as physical health, the use of your mental faculties, strength for your daily tasks, the desire to make a difference, your home, food and, and clothing, and those whom you love and who love you. Begin with these things, and you will notice that it will become easier for you to see and to give thanks for the spiritual gifts which the Lord has showered upon you. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to make a mental list of a few things that you're thankful for. But first, I want to share some of the things that I'm thankful for in our church. I'm grateful that we have a warm and welcoming space to come into on Sunday mornings, a beautiful and worshipful sanctuary, a church school which supports our children and young families. I'm grateful for each one of you and what you bring to the body of Christ, for your warmth and friendliness of spirit, your talents and skills so generously shared. I'm grateful to see members support one another with with compassion, through listening, and with prayer. I'm grateful for those who give generously and cheerfully of their financial resources, and for those who stretch to meaningfully, meaningfully increase their giving for the coming year. I'm grateful for laughter and music, for candles and light, for conversations and and fellowship, for hearts open to one another and open to God's love blooming forth in our midst. I'm grateful for babies and, and baptisms, new members and mature members, and everyone in between. I'm thankful that we can celebrate communion in person again right here in the sanctuary. I'm grateful for the indescribable gift of God in Jesus Christ, which draws us together. So right now, I'd like you to think more specifically. Here's a sampling of what I'm specifically and personally thankful for, and I can share them because I've I've already been thinking about them. The bed I slept in last night, my warm, snuggly wife, a hot shower, a good cup of coffee, the warm greeting of others here at the church, the sun bringing the promise of a new day, the building excitement of a community gathering for worship with the greeting of new and old friends, children gathering next door for Sunday school, a comfortable office to collect my thoughts, prepare for worship and offer a prayer, and finally a God who loves me in spite of myself. These are just some of the things I'm thankful for already this morning. Now I invite you to activate your gratitude attitude with specific things with which God has graced you this day. When Jesus was with the multitude, he didn't worry about what he didn't have. He simply gave thanks for what he did have. What kind of multitude will we be today? Let us quietly offer ourselves and our thanks unto God. And I'll give you just a few brief moments now to do that, but maybe later in the day you might want to do it as well when you have a little more time.
Oh, that we could always be filled with the gratitude attitude. Listen again to our brother Paul from our other passage from 2 Corinthians. The one who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your benevolence. So you will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Many centuries ago, St. Augustine knew the gratitude attitude when he said, Thank you, God. What better words to shape our minds or to fit our tongue or to grace our pen. No prayer is shorter to say, sweeter to hear, grander to think on, more fruitful to practice. Thank you, God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all God's benefits. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. God is great. God is good. Let us thank God for our food. Amen. Michael and I would like to have uh, another conversation uh, as we think about the importance of gratitude and, and this time of Thanksgiving, this Harvest Sunday today, but, but in just a few short days it will be Thanksgiving and, and how important that is to all of us and to our faith life. So, Michael, would you like to begin reflecting on uh, this this issue and theme of Thanksgiving and gratitude? Sure. I think we should be grateful for gratitude. And when I say that, I mean that we should really focus our lives on all the blessings we have received. And our life should be based upon gratitude to God, to others, everything that we can we while we are, we should be grateful for. And I, I was thinking, we're here in the sanctuary today. And when was the last time you looked up at the ceiling of the sanctuary and really looked at the detail of the painting of the of the roof? When was the last time you really paid attention to these stained glass windows all around the sanctuary and, and tried to figure out what they mean and what they decipher to you and their beauty? When was the last time you just walked around these grounds? I think it's amazing that we are so blessed to have this building and these grounds as our church. When people come here for a wedding, always a standard reaction. This is so beautiful. I can't believe that this is here. Always the same reaction. And so... I'm not just talking about here, this building, although we should pay more attention and be grateful for this building. But if you stop to think about it, there's so many other things in our lives that we don't really work at being grateful for. We just kind of say, oh, yeah, that's there. Oh, yeah, we come to church here. It's a nice place. There's so much that we could spend so much time in, in discovering what we truly can be grateful for grateful for in our lives. Yeah. 
Well, I, I just to piggyback on that exactly because, uh, and Michael and I hadn't talked much about this for today, but uh, but there's something about being comfortable with and in a situation long enough where it's easy to take something or someone for granted. That happens in life. The longer we're with someone, whether it's in a marriage or some relationship or in a place, it can start to stop seeing the beauty and uniqueness of that gift that's right there in front of you. And so uh, a way to overcome that tendency toward taking something for granted rather than gratitude is to just give simple thanks day in and day out to that person, to God, for whatever it is that uh, is there. We have gifts all around us, all the time. And to be grateful is so, so very important. Did you want to add anything else, Michael? Just a little bit about what I've talked up here many times before, and that is take stock of the blessings that we have received from God. Again, don't take those for granted. Look and see what blessings we've, we've been given, what we're good at, what we love to do, maybe what we don't love to do. But those are all blessings that God has given us to use in God's service. And it's, they're so easy to overlook, then it's very easy to keep them to ourselves and not share them with others. And that is what we are called to do. We should be grateful for the ability to share what we have been blessed with with others. Well, that certainly fits our stewardship uh, theme of a season of growth because there is so much growing within us. And as we offer our gifts and talents with others, uh, what a beautiful thing that is. And I was thinking of one additional thing about gratitude, and that is the older I've gotten, the more I've come to realize and appreciate that sometimes the things that first come to us that are unpleasant, unpleasant truths, something about ourselves, something about uh, our relationships, it's kind of hard to take at first. We realize that through that process of struggling with it and, and dealing with it, we can actually grow. And we come out to a better place on the other side and, and then can give thanks for that, even though at first it felt like something the opposite of a blessing. But in the long run, it can actually be a blessing. So there's so much for which to give thanks. And I hope you'll continue to take stock and, and uh, take a little bit inventory of what you can be grateful for, because it's something we can do each and every day. So thanks for sharing today in this conversation about the gratitude attitude.